what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, how do you plant the seeds for entrepreneurship? We'll share an article which has suggestions for fostering entrepreneurship, which cities and towns should be taking advantage of. We'll also welcome Western North Carolina entrepreneur Carmen Eckerd to the podcast, Carmen is fresh off winning our regional business plan competition for her new magazine called Foothills Digest, and we'll be sharing her experiences with her startup. As an added bonus, we'll explain to our millennial listeners what a magazine is. (laughs) Of course, we'll also be highlighting some small businesses of the month, which are businesses we've come across, which we want to share with you. They're interesting, and uh, we want you to check them out. So we'll be doing some small businesses of the month. Hello, my name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing? Jeff, I'm doing great, although it's a little cold down here right now, but that's okay. But I am excited, because you know as know, to talk about ACC sports and this time, I'm going to talk about Philadelphia Eagle football. Well, you are a native Philadelphia area person from Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. But I've been North Carolina's home, but I am still an Eagles fan, which is saying a lot because we're not very good usually. And we're sitting here towards the end of January and in uh, a little over a week. The, the, the Eagles will be playing in the Super Bowl. and. Yes. People can listen to the next podcast and see if it's happy Gary or sad Gary. That's exactly right. I am happy that we've gotten this far because as an Eagles fan, getting this far is a big deal. But, you know, that's why they play the game. There's a chance. Well, they've, they've done very, very well. So congratulations to the Eagles. Congratulations to the Patriots. And, and uh, you know, for the Panthers, you know, we had a good season, and we'll yep. look for next year. But... Uh, now, now let, on to other things. Let, let's talk some business. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we we like to talk a little bit about an article that uh, we come that we come across here and there. And and uh, you know, while I was looking up some information on the on the web, I came across a website called Strong Towns, which is a nonprofit organization who has a mission to support a model of development that allows America's cities, towns, and neighborhoods to become financially strong and resilient. I took that right off their website. You would think that I, I made that up. I but no, that I took that off their really website. Good. I know. But uh, I found it interesting in that you and I, you know, we work at a community college. We're involved in various community activities and, and often local city governments and, and county governments and organizations are always trying to figure out what they can do to foster entrepreneurship, support entrepreneurs, and this article addresses some of that and had some ideas for it. And I guess I always find it interesting because I, I, I see I've, I've read some of these articles from the Kauffman Foundation and whatnot that um, uh, sometimes cities and counties and or local governments perhaps try to do too much and get too involved. And sometimes just setting guidelines and the standing back is the right thing to do. But uh, it talks about the government's role in encouraging entrepreneurship. And number one says, adjust zoning codes to reduce business costs. And 
I know a lot of times you work with small businesses, and and I don't know maybe maybe Carmen can can share some of her mm-hmm. thoughts on this, but but uh, sometimes. People pull out their hair just because there's a lot of hoops to jump through to get a business started, whether it's zoning, whether it's inspections. You know, and I think that's a very good point. I mean, the barriers, of course, we're seeing a lot of uh, deregulation uh, in the last year to help promote business. And I think it's not just uh, to cut down on the costs, but to make the process easier to get in business and not have to search all over the world to figure something out. That's going to stop a lot of people and just say, hey, this is just too much for me. I'm going to go and do something else. Well, and, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, you've got to find the right balance. And that, uh-huh. uh, you know, when you and I go to our local restaurant, we'd like to think that the food is safe to eat That's and, exactly and right. whatnot. And, but, but also making it easier and having a supportive, cooperative relationship with government when people are getting started is a good thing. Yes, absolutely. You know? And I know the folks in our, our city have, have taken that to heart a bit and have actually made some organizational changes to, to streamline that and try to be more business friendly. But I suspect there's always room for improvement. Uh, number two, they talk about helping to facilitate walkable business districts. So, uh, you know, it talks about the way people can partner and, right. and, and creating uh, organ- small businesses will work with one another if it's more of a community. So that's, that's something that they recommend as well. Simplifying local regulations for starting new business, which to me goes back and hand in hand with the about. zoning codes. Yeah. And the last one they have for government is dedicating resources to economic gardening. And they talk about economic gardening in that starting business is great, but don't lose track of those businesses that have started to find ways to help them grow. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Sometimes we're so focused. It's kind of like any business. You focus on the new business as well as instead of cultivating your existing business or taking care of your existing customers. I think that's a very good point, I, I, if I understand what you're saying. Well, you you sometimes do. Sometimes. So, now, interest. I find I find it interesting in their suggestions that they don't say, "Oh, you know, give away lots of money." You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they they don't talk about that from from the government's perspective. You know, and and they do have some suggestions for the private sector, where one of their suggestions is provide easy access to small business loans and or mm-hmm. grants. But but I, I think it's important to differentiate between what the government's role should be and perhaps what, what the private sector's right. role should be. I agree with you. I think the government can get into – it's, it's not good to be using taxpayer money to, to pick winners and losers. Yeah, that can, that can be a problem because you're not always going to pick winners and, and just, just a lot of potential conflicts there. Yeah. Political issues. Uh, political issues. I mean, you know, taxpayer dollars. And, I mean, and, from and, the same point, if you do – you're not – in the business of picking winners and losers, yeah. a lot of things can happen. Well, and, and I, you, would, you would like to think that the private sector has perhaps better mm-hmm. uh, experience and, and ways to determine uh, you know, which, which, uh, which ones might be most successful. And, and that Maybe a little bit more flexibility in how to, to manage the, the programs. And then once you get into the government, they're going to be tied up in lots of rules and regulations. I mean, there are some other crazy talk in here about offering business development classes at local colleges and community Did education. Did you put that programs. one in there? No, no it's in there. Idea. You know, I don't know why, why they come up with this crap. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, the the name of the the website, as I said, is called Smart Towns. Uh, uh, excuse me, Strong Towns. Um, so anyway, I, it's worth giving it a look. Uh, they, they, it's a nonprofit organization, promotes uh, uh, communities becoming uh, financially 
independent, resilient, and uh, you know, worth taking checking out. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, moving along, we'd like to welcome uh, Carmen Eckerd to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Carmen, how are you doing? Great. How are you? We're doing great. <laughs> We're glad you're with us. Thanks for having me. And Carmen has recently started a magazine and website called Foothills Digest, which is a, a beautifully bound magazine featuring the Foothills region of North Carolina, uh, which is which is where we are. Focuses on the community, traditions, has articles, beautiful photography, res- recipes, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, and she's Carmen's worked with her, her husband in business in the past, Eckerd Photography. She's been involved in web design, social media marketing. I also know you have a theatrical education <laughs> I and do. background. I do. That LinkedIn thing is handy, you know. Hey, that was exciting. <laughs> So Carmen, so you know, welcome and you know, tell us Thank tell you. us a little bit about Foothills Digest and and what is it? Uh, where did it come from? And 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 you've got some some beautiful copies of your latest edition that yeah. just came out this week, which isn't great for podcasts. You. you know, you know, we we wish we could show you. It's you know, beautiful. It's it, beautiful. You can see pictures right now. Go to foothillsdigest.com while you're listening. There you go. That's right. That's Good a, deal. That'll, that'll provide yeah. the video to our audio. There you go. <laughs> So this is a magazine, like you said, the millennials might not know. They can get all they need to know from our website, though. They can hang out there. Um, I know what a magazine is. Perfect. You're an old, me I'm too. an old guy. You know, I'm not that old. Some even call me a millennial. I'm right on the edge. And I love magazines. And I'm kind of sad to see so many of them go. And as we looked around here, we just saw that. Well, we saw beautiful things, but we didn't really see representation of that and any kind of local magazine that really was beautiful. <laughs> you know, we like to focus on, on beauty. And I'm really into history and art. And so, I don't know. I just figured if I f- thought all of this was so interesting, I could probably present it in a very interesting way that people would love. And they do. People seem to really like it. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, in terms of this idea that you've brought to fruition, you know, is it is it something that you, you came upon you one day? Is it something that was building? Is it something that you you saw yeah. some need or or niche for, or what? You know, what was your so how, how did this come come I about? First, mentioned it to my husband. Hey, we should have a magazine about four years ago, and he laughed at me because <laughs> it's a lot of work, you know, and I kept mentioning it every couple of months until finally I wore him down. But some things that really made me want to do it, like I said, we saw beautiful things everywhere. And we were doing a lot of shooting. Um, He shoots for Our State magazine. So we were going to these places that were beautiful and that were right around here and no one knew. And we love, like, we love Our State magazine, but it's, you know, it's for the whole state. And it this area really doesn't get a whole lot of focus. People skip to the beach and then to the deep mountains, but they just hop right over us. Um, but then I realized none of our clients had an easy time of advertising. We work we have a commercial photography business, and we work with a lot of businesses only, really. And they had a hard time finding somewhere to advertise. They wanted a magazine, but they didn't need to be advertising in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also didn't want a magazine that just felt like ads. They they were looking for something lovely. And 
I don't know. It just occurred to us, hey, we could do that. We write and we, <laughs> and we design and we photograph and we know everyone in the whole world. I think that's our, <laughs> that's an exaggeration, but um, we know a lot of people right. and that has proven to be very beneficial because it takes people to make a magazine and we just, I don't know, once it got in our head that we probably could do it, we had to see if we could. Did did you guys go out and query potential advertisers or potential users, or, or, or we, what sort of what sort of groundwork did you lay? We first talked to three sets of our clients who had been looking for advertising, and I talked to them about what they really looked for. And then I got advertising and pricing information from all these different options around town, like everyone that I thought they might would go to. And I just kind of looked at <laughs> what the problems were there. And there were a lot of problems that I could see. And I just, I, I thought, okay, well, we can fix these. And we just started looking at, at plans, uh, like what areas needed to be addressed, how big do we need to be, how many. We had to do math to figure out how many advertisers we had to get to get it off the ground. So you, you did do math. We did, did math. All right. We yeah. did a lot of math. It turns out this has taken so much math. My high school math teachers were right. So is that, would you consider it. that a skill that entrepreneurs might benefit from, did, math? Absolutely. It's really important. I, <laughs> well, I you just can't hope, just have an idea. you got to see if it's going right. to I just hope my kids are right. listening to this, Carmen. Yeah. I always <laughs> liked math i'll be honest but i use it all the time you have to figure mm-hmm. out your time and money it all has to be measured those two things are constantly being measured against everything else and that's all math mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm glad to know all you know the edison competition you briefly mentioned that i think i would have been lost as far as running this as a business without that because it made me sit down and really figure it out it made me ask all those questions and i do not think i would have done the proper legwork by myself and without that proper legwork we wouldn't be nearly as successful but i'm i have in my hand a really nice second issue and i feel like we're in a really good place and i it's because i had to because someone made me do it (laughs) someone made me so if if you're gonna start a business do it. I'll make you. <laughs> Call me and I'll make you do it. There you go. Well, you know, when you talk about math, because then people get a little scared. But it's basic math. Basic math. I mean, Plus I'm an minus. old accountant. No, no, yeah. no, no calculus. No calculus. I was going to say. No. Uh-huh. They said, well, you got to have all no this. Geometry. No geometry. Adding, <laughs> subtracting, multiplying, yeah. dividing, yeah, and yeah. percentages. A little and algebra. A little math. And you're there. Well, I'm like, yeah. my kid's taking calculus right now, and I want him to do well. So okay. let's tell him calculus is okay. important. Okay, well, I won't. All right. All right. Well, so... We, we talked a little bit about advertising, Carmen, and just from a business model perspective, when, when it comes to magazines, for for, for us, who you know, I, don't, I haven't been in the magazine business, I don't think you have, Gary, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many of our listeners had, you know, from, from is your revenue primarily advertising driven? Is it subscription driven? Or when you, when you look at your business model, how do you, how do you look at the revenue base? When I charted this out, I put a really big circle and said, this is advertising income this is all i'm really counting on um because when you talk about distribution like i sell this magazine for six dollars it cost me three and a half maybe to print it and get it here um but by the time i get it out to someone else i'm actually (laughs) if i have to ship it i'm actually losing a little money on each one i send out Mm -hmm. so i can't really count on that money it's all advertisements and 
So I count on about $9,000 worth of advertisements before I have any breathing room to spend any money on the magazine other than, you know, like I'm, it's helpful to spend money on photography and design and those things. And I'm not doing any of that until I sell $9,000 worth of ads for every issue and work quarterly. (laughs) Um, But it's not so hard. It, It turns out we have really good advertisers. We started out with some really well known good ones you know and when you do that everyone else feels gives confident. some credibility yeah. yeah and also the edison thing gives me some credibility too i can say hey business professionals looked at my plan mm-hmm. and they liked it yeah, exactly. so we're gonna be around you can trust me <laughs> and i mean it <laughs> we are gonna I mean, be around so yeah moral of the story is you're not going to get rich on subscriptions no no but 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 your advertisers want to make sure that you're getting yeah. them in, in people's right. hands so my my customer really it's weird it's a weird business model my customer actually are my advertisers they I have to keep them happy but they don't care a lick in the world if no one's reading the magazine right, like exactly. what good mm-hmm. is it if the magazine isn't popular so that's just kind of this extra part of it I have to I have to get a lot of copies out and I have to have people wanting them both so they have to have value they have to be popular if they're not no one cares. So, and and uh, you mentioned your website, which was www.foothilldigest.com. That's right. How do you how do you balance the the content that you put on the website? You know, yeah, obviously you you want to reach a wide audience, and, right. and and we we shouldn't make fun of millennials, and because they <laughs> they're going to own us at some point in time. We want there them to go. put us in the good We're home. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, so you do have an online component to this, and sort of how do, you, how do you um, balance that out? So I want that website to be a community anchor. I want you to come there not just for the articles, but to see what's going on. As such, there's a really elaborate calendar that is just getting more elaborate as time goes on, and it. I'm trying to do what all these people around here have tried to do, and no one's really done it yet, which is make a calendar that shows all the cool things you can do. That's the goal. That's really why I want people coming to the website. Now, I put out an issue. It lasts three months. After a couple weeks, after I'm sure that all of my subscribers have it, I start putting articles one at a time online. So just one article a day, and then they just kind of collect. So the mother time, the next one rolls around. I just put the last article up like four days ago, and then the new one came out. So I'm waiting a few days, and then I'll start doing little bits little bits here little bits there um that seemed well because people want to be able to share the articles and they want to be able to talk about them so i want it available but i still want you to buy my magazine so how long (laughs) does it take you to produce i mean you're talking quarterly but the process so it's kind of it's a little like juggling and then i always have more than one going at a time yeah that's i was wondering um like right now i'm just getting this one out the door the spring issue is about Ah, three quarters of the way through. Um, It takes me a month, maybe, to come up with the content. Um, And I plug it in and do the design as we're going along. And there's other people who write, and they send it to me. That process takes a month or maybe two months. But printing, printing takes two and a half weeks, and then getting it here takes three weeks to four weeks. So that's where most of the time goes so like um mid-february i have to send it off and then i have this long wait (laughs) i was waiting for the next one 
Oh, but three month cycle, it all repeats. It's pretty exciting. Just once you way. send it off, that's when you kind of start thinking about. Right. We're not thinking about it. You're already working on the next Right. One. Like right now, I could tell you what my stories are for the summer issue. There you go. And I could tell you, you know, I could show you lots for the spring issue. It's almost ready to go. Um, but I haven't really put any thought into the fall issue at all. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> that's a ways away. But yeah, you're, exactly. You're, you're having to think out there. But, you know, it, you know it, it's, it's interesting in that um, – you know the the type. Number one, I, I hope people do visit the website. I hope if I hope people uh, sign up and get subscriptions to your magazine because yeah, it's a beautiful too. magazine. <laughs> and you know, it, you know we you know, people are very familiar with uh, coffee table books. This is really a coffee table magazine in terms is, of the, yeah. the type of articles and art and Thank photography you. that's in it. And it's something that people. Yeah, it's it's a nice thing to be to, to have in your home. Well, this is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's got a hundred and sixty really pages, and yeah. then the kids' magazine has forty pages inside it. So you got two hundred pages of content. It's totally worth six dollars, <laughs> <laughs> um, for sure. Yeah, and and I but but I, I guess I, as I as I think about the the magazines and and how the world has changed and and how everything is up to date on my computer up on my phone you know as we sit here and do this podcast I'll, i'm sure i'll get alerts with oh. the, you know, wacky things that are going on in in the world uh you know yours is is really something Slow. that's more cultural and and yeah. i don't want to say timeless but it's it is it, though it doesn't change yeah. most of what i write in here isn't it's going to be the same next year if you pick it up. Our history is going to stay the same. This art is still going to be beautiful. Um, so, And uh, the biggest problem is that things aren't trackable in a magazine. So advertisers don't love them as much anymore because online, you know everywhere everyone comes from. So I've tried this new thing. I'm really, really, really excited about it. Um, everybody knows what QR codes are, right? And they're just... If they're in random places, they're kind of hard to use. But I have incorporated them through the whole magazine. So if you've got your QR reader, you can find out more about all of these articles. Um, I'm working on the spring issue. You'll be able to listen to any of the bands at Merlefest. You'll be able to just scan and listen to a song so that you can hear everything. That's really cool, that right? That is cool, And yes. so anytime that anyone uses those, I'll have a record of where they are, um, like their IP address, and that's really handy for advertisers. So I'm trying to stay relevant to advertisers that way. I'm trying to stay relevant to the millennials because they care about our music, they care about our culture, they do, and they'll come to the website to see what's going on. Well, and 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 I noticed the QR code uh, stuff in your in your latest edition, and I saw the note from the editor urging me to make sure I had a <laughs> yeah. QR code reader, which I do. Good, it, you know, and and it, it looks like also some of the places, some of the locations that you're uh, doing stories on, you have QR codes there, so people can yeah. go visit them. Google Map, it's awesome. If you if you scan it, your phone will just tell you how to get there. I love technology so much. Yeah. My favorite use, though, this is so silly i have um uh, a page about how to make a really good charcuterie tray and it's delicious the hickory station helped me out they made us a beautiful one we talked about it but and for our listeners out there charcuterie would be what it's a meat it's like a meat and cheese tray dried and cured meats well we're into that right yeah Yeah, you would love it it's delicious exactly the word makes you nervous right and if you saw it written down you would be like uh 
I can't talk about that because I can't say it. So if you use your QR code, it takes you to a YouTube video of someone pronouncing the word. Ah. I love it, right? <laughs> Very silly, but I think people will use it. And then we stay relevant to advertisers. We can track what's going on. I, I, I think the way you're combining old school and new school is, uh, is, is great. Thank I think you. I, I think <laughs> like you and me. That's you're how you have to stay relevant, right? Yeah, right. That's the goal. <laughs> Well, you, a couple of times you you you've mentioned the the Edison competition of which Gary and I are, are involved with as well, and and that is for our listeners that's a sort of a regional business plan competition that's hosted by our Catawba County Chamber of Commerce, and and Carmen was this year's winner of the Edison competition, and and. Uh, there's a <laughs> cash prize of ten thousand dollars that comes with that to help support her business as well as as we hope some some support and assistance and you know help with math uh, that uh, yeah. comes through that so and attention the yeah. media attention has been really good yeah. for what I'm doing too well, well tell you know what what was your tell us about your experience with that and and you know how it's how it's helped your business okay I was really nervous to do it because I was already trying to start a new business and thought I didn't have enough time but Lindsay. Kiesler told me to do it. And I thought, that's a great idea. He is the president of the local chamber. (laughs) Right. And so I signed up and I got really excited about it instantly. Um, Because what, well, you, it's a lot of work. You have to really lay out your business plan and, and really think about your business plan. The writing it, that's not the hard part. The hard part is making all these decisions and addressing all these things that you didn't think about. That was amazing. So very amazing. Even better than that was all the people I met. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> like I thought I, was, I knew a lot of people before, but now people... Now you know everybody. I know everyone. And if I need to know someone else, someone will introduce me. And it's very exciting. Um, it's opened a lot of doors that I didn't even realize were shut. So that's exciting. Um, that's maybe my... So, oh, no, it's hard to say so, what my favorite part is. So the the, the you and I, I think you sort of touched on this. The whole networking piece of this as as now someone is so out important. selling advertising to right. the uh, business community. Yeah, yeah, I'm selling advertising, but I'm also writing stories about a history of a place that I'm not from, and that's tricky, right? I, I'm really anchored here now. I have boys; they're from here. Their great 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 grandparents are from here. I'm stuck. I'm staying. I love it. But I'm not from here. And so I don't know all these stories. And I'm mm-hmm. learning them as I go. And all these people that I've met, they're telling them to me. It's really exciting. I love hearing stories. I get to hear so many. And a lot of them are coming through through this contest. Um, and just people take you seriously if they know that people looked at your business plan and thought, oh, that's good. Well, the fact that you have to go through that process, like you said, right. it, it is hard work. Yeah. But it's important work if you're going to do a business. Exactly. And I swear to you guys, I would not have done it. I would have, like, touched on it. I would have thought of about half of the things that I was forced to think about. I would not, The other half wouldn't have even occurred to me. They would have turned into problems that I, you know, didn't really see coming. And they would have taken away from what I was trying to do, and that didn't happen. And I'm really glad and thankful for that. So, so you're, you're, you're a proponent of people given the opportunity to, to enter this type of competition. It sort of helped you identify Absolutely. problems before they became big yeah. problems. It was almost like taking a, a college class for starting a business, like a crash mm-hmm. course on mm-hmm. how to start a business, what, yeah. except I didn't even have to pay for it. 
was cool. Well, and then they gave me money. There you go. When I tell people about why it's good, I usually forget to say that part. Sometimes at the very end, I'm like, oh, and the money. Well, like, not it's every, exciting. That's really the cool part. Not, not, not everyone entered it, got money. Hopefully right. they still but got something out I of it. I think they did. I think, I think everyone that – they either learned that they had a good business or they didn't. Well, and that's, and that's a really key. Right? It's important and to go through the process because yeah. if it's just not a viable, uh, you waste a lot of time, you waste time, and not energy, just your time, and, other people's time so. too. And, and as a, an aside, we, we we need to mention that uh, the Mesh Network, of which we are a member of, is actually a previous winner of the yeah. Edison competition right. as well. They that's won right. like four years ago. So, yeah, so anyway. guys know uh, how to pick them. Uh, <laughs> um, so so. Uh, you're talking about some of the problems that that maybe Edison helped you identify. You know, when when you think about the obstacles or challenges that you've had to go through to to get to where you are today with a with a startup business, what are what are some of those obstacles that you would look back on and maybe say, hey, look out for this uh, to some of our listeners? What sort of the challenges or obstacles that you've you've had to deal with as you've gotten your magazine up and running? I think a lot of them are unique to my situation. So I'm trying to think of a couple that are really... Oh, when you start to do something exciting that is successful, people will be mean to you. Not everyone, but like people will be legitimately mean to you for no real reason. And it's kind of upsetting and you should be aware that that might happen. And it's okay. And it doesn't mean you're doing... A, it probably means you're doing a good job. I think... That's maybe you can't um, let the bad people get you down. Yeah, like if people are talking about you, just remember that hey, people are talking about you, <laughs> right? Right. That's that's where so I like am. The, the 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 any any publicity is good publicity. Right. Well, feel, if they're talking about it, means you've I got some value like and worth. Yeah, I know that there are some people who buy this magazine just to see what is that woman going to say. And that's okay. They still bought my magazine. Exactly. It's cool. <laughs> well, I'll do a shout out for my wife who loves your magazine. Oh, good. Thank you. I think everyone you think would find your wife's actually still listening. And by this point in our podcast, <laughs> well, I just this and honestly, she's oh wow, you're doing that. Okay. I think that magazine's great. Oh, that's, that's nice. And that was that's came nice. out of nowhere, so it was great. Well, maybe she is listening. Then. Well, she probably is. All right. All right. Thanks, I've really Dan. tried to listen to what everybody wants in a magazine. I did a lot of asking people what they want what's important to you oh and that was because of edison too i don't know that i would have really done that but edison competition said hey ask people survey people so i did and whoa that really helped because it made me make a magazine people want to read well you you and i were chatting a little before we started taping and it sounds like one of the challenges that you're grappling with right now is is (laughs) delegation and that this is your baby and, uh-huh. uh, and and thumbing through the magazine, you you've written many of the articles uh, yeah. in the magazine. Uh, you're you're selling advertising. You're doing a little bit of everything. So trying to find the right balance between yeah. here's where you should be focusing your time and attention versus what can be delegated to others. I right. think is a challenge that that you're dealing with. It I don't know. I don't know if you're, feeling, if you're successfully dealing with it. No, yet. it's the hardest. It's the hardest part. And. <sighs> Part of what made us think we could do it is that we knew we had a lot of really various talents. And so we knew that we could do all of these things. But now that I know that I can, I just don't want to give it away. Like, I probably could, and I know that I should, but most of these, 
I just don't. I want to do it. I want to do it. I don't mind giving. Like, there are some really good writers who I work with, and they write these stories. But I want to come up with what the story is. Okay, you <laughs> want to make sure I it's wanna, like, the way you want it to be. Exactly. And, and I need the uh, pictures to be what yep. I want. And I'll, like, I even want the advertisements to look the way I want. It's crazy. Well, no, it's not crazy. It's very common. It, it's personal to you. And I can tell you, <laughs> literally, in the last twenty-four hours, I've had three different meetings with people going through developing projects. And I'm saying, okay, as we expand this, you're going to need to get people to help you. And they yeah. say, oh. uh-uh, don't want to. I said, you have to. I said, no, because I wanted to make sure exactly what you just said, yeah. that it, it's the way I want it to be and it's going to be the best quality. I said, but you can't grow unless you yeah. delegate, knowing that it's hard to give it up. It is. Because part of what makes it special is that it's all coming from the same couple minds. Well, that's because true. Like, it's got the same flavor. The it's same. A, yeah, it's a collaborative art. And when you mix up too many minds in collaborative art, sometimes it turns mushy. And I don't want that. I would, it's got a pretty clear vision now, and I like that. So my husband, bless his heart, he does most of the photography, almost all of it. He... Is working with me. How can I help you? <laughs> what parts of this can I take from you? How can I? And it's so hard because even when he's trying, I just don't know. I don't know what to give even to him. <laughs> but I can't do everything. I have two yeah. little boys too. I can't. I can't, I can't so, do it. All. What can they do? Yeah, well, they. <laughs> How can um, they help? They, if you open up your magazine to the kids yes, page, the kids they're page. very good models. Oh, they're very in good. like oh, see, look at this, right? Oh. Right, look at them. Are they pretty? They yes. are. <laughs> They're wonderful. Oh, right. So you had a great answer. I said, yeah, there you go. They're, so, they're, are, they're part of it, too. Business. Not good for the podcast, though. You know, yeah, you know yeah. just imagine hey, it. They look, it, they look they're beautiful. They're beautiful, beautiful guys. Foothillsdigest.com. <laughs> so. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Well, any any other lessons or, or other other uh, things that you would share with hey, our listeners who are starting the, the yeah, business? Just this. Can you think you can do something? And everyone around you says, you're crazy, don't do that. But you're pretty sure that you can do it. Just do it. Just do it. Like, there's steps. Try to pay attention to the steps. Get people to help you along the way. But if you really, if it won't leave your brain, it won't leave your tummy, if you think about it at night, do it. Just do it. You'll be way happier. I'm way happier. Follow your passion. Follow your dream. There you go. It's important. (laughs) And don't let people hold you back. There you go. Because they'll try. I don't yep, know why. Why waste your energy trying to hold someone else? Well, sometimes back? you're threatening them because you're doing something new and yeah. uh, exciting. exciting. And yeah. they're not. So. But, like, there's. I want to tell everybody this. We don't have to compete. There's plenty. That's right. There's plenty for everyone. We don't have to fight each other. Awesome. Well, well Carmen, we very much appreciate you joining us today on the Entrepreneur <laughs> Exchange. and. and and we hope that our listeners will go to foothill, foothillsdigest.com and check it out. And uh, I suspect uh, 
You can also find a link there to get your own subscription if you would like to. Right at the top. So, uh, but it's worth giving a look. And anyway, Carmen, congratulations on getting up and running. Congratulations on winning the Edison competition. And and, thank you for heading that up. Did he? Oh, gosh, he made this sound so modest. Like he wasn't in charge of the whole thing. But he. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Come on, he was really in charge of it. I'm a facilitator. He seemed like the leader every step of the way, and I'm very grateful well, we wouldn't be right. where we are with the right. 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 right 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 let's let's, <laughs> let's move ahead and we're very much you can't handle talk that. about our small businesses of oh, the month yeah and, yeah and carmen i would say you know you you're you're getting involved with lots of people in the community and you had so you had a small business or or so, uh, something that you wanted to, to give a shout out right to. here on the cover of my magazine actually henry river mill village i don't if you're local to here you probably know about it it um was one of the locations for the Hunger Games, and it's an old mill village. They made cotton, and people lived here for a hundred years, maybe a little more. I think there were a lot of there was a lot of scenes from the very first Hunger Games shot yes. in, in Henry. Right? In I think it was like the village where right, like Katniss was from Katniss there, was from and there, yeah. there was a bakery. All of that is right here in Catawba mm-hmm. County, and so um, they've purchased this, and they're working to. To reuse it, um, adaptive reuse, um, but they're being very respectful of what it was. Um, they're honoring what it was at every turn and finding new ways to use it. Be exciting. They're opening a new restaurant. And, and if you're interested and want to be involved every Saturday from 9 to 2, they have a volunteer day. You can help out and see what it's all about. Um, it takes a village. That's yes. their line. And I, I love it. <laughs> all right. The Henry River Mill Village. There you go. So Very exciting. All right, Gary, what, uh, what are you going to talk up today? Well, my small business month hits home very close to us, too, physically and emotionally, because it's a business in the Hickory area that two of our CVCC students are involved with. I learned about the business from Mary Reynolds, our alumni affairs director, and then Jeff Moore is in charge of our health and fitness science program. Uh, they thought it would be really nice uh, for our local community, uh, and Tyler Billington is about to finish his degree at CVCC in health and science fitness and when he first entered the program they asked him what his goals were in college after he got uh, finished and he answered my goal was to continue working at CrossFit and make it a professional athlete CrossFit do you know what CrossFit is? I've, I've not participated in it but I've got some friends <laughs> that have yes I not my cup of tea <laughs> a little bit over my head from uh, physical fitness although I love sports but that was really impressive well Tyler's still competing in CrossFit competitions but he's done it one better. He now owns the CrossFit Club in uh, Mountain View. Okay. So that's pretty exciting from a student standpoint and an entrepreneur. And he had their opening just uh, a little bit ago. And then after Jeff talked to Mary about it, uh, Tyler Billington launched this CrossFit uh, operation. Mary contacted another alumni uh, who is the general manager at the CrossFit in Hickory. So we have two students involved in this, and he's a fire protection uh, technology. So a small world that two of our students coming from different programs are now involved in CrossFit. And I may get there just to see what it is, but it it sounds a little bit scary to me from a physical fitness. Actually, it's pretty cool. You know, if I didn't know better, I would say that you're in the bag for the local community college. (laughs) (laughs) You think? Yeah. So, All right. So the uh, small business I want to give a shout-out to uh, this month 
Yeah, we, we probably all heard people say we need to build a better mousetrap, or how do you build a better mousetrap? Yeah, but the problem with mousetraps is they leave a mouse carcass. And who wants to deal with a mouse carcass? Yeah, so, you know, I've never thought of that yet. <laughs> well, Carrie Warburg Block has started a company, and she's been in business for a while. It's called Earthkind. Uh, and she didn't just make a better mousetrap, but she came up with a better way to keep mice and rodents away. She has developed a line of eco-friendly pest repellents, which instead of killing the mouse or rat that might be terrorizing you, uh, she and her she and Earthkind manufactures a line of non-toxic, non-lethal products, which provide an alternative to an industry that's mostly thrived on extermination. Mm-hmm. So they, Earthkind has uh, created pouches of herbal mixes, which is marketed under the name Stay Away, and they're now on hardware store shelves at Lowe's, Ace Hardware, other retailers. Uh, basically, they've grown the company to approximately $10 million in annual sales since first discovering that balsam fir essential oil and ground-up corn cobs repel mice effectively and won't repel you. They don't smell bad to you, but they smell bad to the rodents. So it just pushes them away from... Keeps them away. Keeps them away from ground. Doesn't kill them, just moves them away. Right. So they uh, actually are headquartered in North Dakota, but they have operations in Mooresville, North Carolina, outside of Charlotte, where 38 of their 42 employees uh, are headquartered. Uh, They're guided by a simple idea. Preserve the good, prevent the rest. They want to eliminate the use of harmful chemicals in the home and in the environment. And they have a goal of reducing people's reliance on harmful pest control products from 90% today to 50% by the year 2020. So seemed like a pretty cool business. Yeah, I read about them neat. in, in uh, uh, a North Carolina business magazine and that most of their business uh, is headquartered in Mooresville. You can check them out uh, at www.earthkind.com. Uh, and you can also look for their Stay Away products in Lowe's, Ace Hardware, Tractor Supply, and other major retailers. So so check them out. Very good. So, if you, our listeners, have a suggestion for our Small Business of the Month, send us an email at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if we use yours, we will reward you with a prize pack. And maybe maybe we'll throw in a Foothills Digest. I think that would be a too. special. If someone does that would that, be very special. You know, Carmel, Carmel, throw one in for us. Uh, I want to thank Carmen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And uh, check Carmen out at foothillsdigest.com. You can subscribe for only $30. 22. Hey, hey. 22. Uh, okay. <laughs> 20, by listening to this podcast today, 22. So, uh, you yes. sign up within six minutes. That's right. <laughs> Learn more about this beautiful region. We want to thank The Mesh for hosting us. You can download us at themesh.tv or subscribe at the iTunes store. So I uh, appreciate you listening, and we'll look forward to visiting with you again next month. Great session, and we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. All right. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. 
All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.